This is Hemet. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. And we have so many different stories to get to today. How are you? I'm fine. Let's do this. All right. Um, do you want to start with something positive for once? I guess. We'll do it's that. Like, that's not really our brand, but I suppose it's, we could try. It's really not. We could try something different. Uh, there was a study that came out last week from the Pew Research Center, and it found mm-hmm. that when you break down uh, people by religious group, and I'll include atheists in that mix just to make this easier, um, atheists are more likely to get the COVID vaccine than any religious group that they surveyed. Uh, 90% of atheists, and I'm not talking nuns, I'm talking specifically atheists, Uh say they will definitely or probably get a vaccine for COVID or have at least gotten uh, their first shot. Compare that. So wait, just to be clear, this isn't... Um, who have gotten it or are qualified to get it is who is planning on get it, getting it when yep. their time comes. Okay. That's right. Or they've already started that process. Sure, 90% sure. of atheists. Compare that That's to 50, 54% of white evangelicals who said the same thing. Whoa. 54%? Yeah. That's it? That's it. It's that low. I mean, That's alarming. That is... That is the most anti-science of the big religious demographics. So, I mean, but I think that's that's kind of the thing. When you treat science as your enemy and your entire faith rests on rejecting science, um, no matter how much some Christians would like to tell you, no, no, we're very scientific. That's why we believe the book of Genesis, like I am. Like, what (laughs) else do you expect? Um. I'm curious about what the anti-vax movement is going to look like post-COVID, because assuming what is happening already is going to continue happening, that we're going to roll out the vaccine, there's going to be very few, you know, low side effects or complications with getting the vaccine, and then all of a sudden we can go back to normal. Are anti- Like vaccines like, work. We're going to find that out. We, it's it's going to, we're going to watch it work in real time. It's not like right. showing somebody like the evolution of smallpox and how it went out or like <laughs> when polio died right. out. It's right. going to be like a lot of people were sick and lots of people died and now they're not as much so much right now. So like, yeah. I'm curious, I'm very, very, very curious about how that movement is going to look moving forward because I can't imagine if this vaccine continues to be as successful as it has been thus far, I can't imagine there's going to be a big market for like anti-vaxxers anymore. I think what'll I think what you'll see happen is one, if there's any health epidemic in the future, they're going to blame it on this vaccine. Um, oh. I also I also think they'll just specify like like maybe the COVID vaccine was one thing, but the next vaccine or the other ones are the ones with the microchips that'll get you. But I feel so like they'll, like they'll find ways vintage to... anti-vaxxers, like pre-microchip anti-vaxxers were like, oh, vaccines are, I guess their whole thing was like the rushed, quote unquote, rushed vaccination schedule for babies i guess that's kind of their as opposed to the ones for adults so it's not like i've heard jenny mccarthy speak out Mm -hmm. against this particular one or the gwyneth paltrow crowd right um just to give you some more numbers on the pew research one 90 percent of atheists say they definitely or probably will get the vaccine 
Only 10% say they will definitely or probably not get a vaccine, which is dumb. But again, we always know there's like a small handful of atheists who are very stupid. So that's 10%. Compare that to 45% of white evangelicals who say they will probably or definitely not get a vaccine. Those numbers Mm -hmm. are almost certainly going to go down as people start seeing it working and the ones who are on the fence... uh, start realizing okay fine i'll do it right um like it's one thing to take a survey before people have their vaccines and are eligible for it but once it give it another month or two i suspect you're gonna see very small numbers who are like nope i'm against it oh boy um also i can't fly on a plane anymore yeah are they are these gonna be people who are like actually against it or people who just simply cannot be bothered to make an appointment they, they specifically said, I'm not going to get it. So we'll see. Um, but oh, I think okay. it's it's worth pointing out that atheists specifically are the best demographic group for in terms of, yeah, we trust the science. We're going to get our shot the second we can get it. Uh, I should say 20% of atheists said they received at least one dose already. And mm-hmm. another 70% said, all right, I don't have it yet, but I will as soon as I can. So that's where the 90% is coming from. Right. Um, so... Hey, some good news to start mm-hmm. things off. Yeah, this is very exciting. And, Hammond, Yo. I'm very excited to say we are soon going to be able to go back to in-person recording, and I am so excited about it. Are you? Are, I'm debating it. I'm debating it. What? Do I want to see deba- you in person? Oh, Hammond! I need to interact with another human who's not I my know, husband that, or my stupid dog. I am... I sympathize with that, and that is a good reason to continue in-person things. But late, um, the newest CDC... And also, we get rid of the lag. I hate this stupid Zoom slash Squadcast lag. No, it's the pits. Um, But also, uh, uh, like the latest research, the CDC is now saying that, like, I can come to your house even if your wife and kids aren't vaccinated and we're all relatively safe and and vice (laughs) versa. So once we're both fully vaccinated, we can just just go to each other's houses for a while. Just be somewhere that's not my own house. Isn't that exciting? I suggest everyone just goes to someone else's house. You Mm. don't need an invite anymore. Well, I mean, legally, if I knock on your door... Yeah, if I yeah. knock on your door and tell you I'm fully vaccinated, you have to let me hang out with you. I Yeah, that's the law it's now. It's the law. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Biden. So, yeah. Let's talk about <laughs> uh, true crime drama. This yes. one amused me. Yeah. Um, this story is Finally, wild. Finally, something I'm interested in, haven't Jesus. Yeah. Uh, there is a agent, real estate agent in Missouri, uh, Leanne Bowman. She was arrested last week because... As the story goes, she had asked a woman, hey, ha, 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 I need you to, like, murder my ex-mother-in-law. She's divorced. She said, I want you to kill my mother-in-law because, I think, she was afraid that during their custody battle, the mother-in-law was going to get custody of the kids for her son, the ex. You know what Uh I mean? So she's like, I need you to off her. And this woman she told us to is like, "Ah, that's really, that's weird. I don't know why you're telling me that. Uh And she's like, but seriously, can you kill her and not let anyone find out and make it look like an accident? Oh, no. And the friend who eventually went to the police with this, um, I don't know who this woman is. I really want to know. But she's like, aren't you Christian? (gasps) To which... 
Bauman, and this is the reason I bring this up, Bauman said, this is according to the Washington Post story about this, pressed about whether she was serious, Bauman said she, quote, knew it was wrong as a Christian, but she would go to church and ask for forgiveness after it was done. She had an out. And then the found a loophole. (laughs) She did. I want to talk about that loophole for what it's worth. She offered the friend $1,500, which I think I don't really know the going rate for a hit. Not enough, but that's not enough. But, uh, yeah, she, in my (laughs) research, it's closer to like 20 K or so, but you know, but also we live in a pretty affluent part of the country. (laughs) And so like, you know, price of living is a little bit higher. So I'm sure, you know, your mileage may vary depending on where you are. I looked up what church she goes to and I found a source that says she goes to a place called Lake Christian Church in Lake Ozark, Missouri. And so I went to their website. Uh, I went to their Facebook page and I'm like, what have they said about her? And obviously they've said nothing about this over the past week or two since this story broke. (laughs) But... I did find a, uh, a a posting they made on Facebook where they publicized her baptism last November, and they this is from November tenth, twenty twenty, as in like four months ago, and it says Leanne Bauman was baptized into the faith at our church on Sunday. The video was taken down. Um, which doesn't surprise me because I got to it late, but the Facebook post was up there. And when I looked about an hour later, after I took a screenshot, thankfully, uh, the post was gone. (laughs) So they want to be like, well, we don't know her. Don't look at us. So it's not just that she's a Christian. She's like a brand new baby Christian. It's almost like, and I can't confirm this. It's almost like she wanted to become a Christian and then go through with the hits to get absolved. Like, that's very I don't know funny. if that's the timeline, but it sure fits. Um, I just want to triple check with you, Hammond. Yeah. You said this takes place in the Ozark and it's about a murder hit. Are, are you just watching the Netflix series Ozarks and getting confused again? Um, I don't know what series you are talking about. It's literally so called I'm going to guess. Guess what it's about. Is it about a murder at the Ozark? It's about tr- crime around the Ozarks. It's very I assume good. everything on Netflix is a murder of some sort. I, I you know what? I think I, I think that will do you well in life. I think that's a fair yeah. <laughs> a fair judgment so, to make. Let's talk about this loophole though, because yeah. I, I here's what I think most Christians would tell you. It doesn't count if you, you know, quote unquote, find God just to absolve your sins. It only Mm -hmm. matters if you really, truly repent, in which Mm -hmm. case, sure, God will forgive you. But obviously, at some point, that messaging doesn't get through to a lot of people because there's a reason you keep hearing like, I don't know, murderers, prisoners who are who always include God as part of their redemption story or like me too people who are like, yes, I have found God and now I'm a better person. It's it's part of the plan. Jerry Falwell Jr. is going to re-find God again sometime Uh in the next year before he goes on his apology tour, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, But this woman who 
I don't know how long she's been in church, despite being baptized. Since November. But she, she clearly thought that, like, don't worry, all I have to do is, I don't know, I know it's not that type of church, but she's like, if I just say some Hail Marys, I'll be good. You're right. She assumed along the line, yep, I'm good now. Christianity gives me the bandage to just uh, cover up anything I do. By the way, I have 1500 bucks. Who wants it? <laughs> I mean, and it really does... <laughs> It really does kind of shine a light on the whole like your morality comes from your religion because it if this is the if this is how y'all do I don't I don't think that's correct. I don't yeah. I don't think your morality does come from your religion. I think your excuses do. Yeah. Um and I want to do a update for people who are listening. We have a little bit of an update on a guy we talked about last week, Saiten Bruggenkate. He is the presuppositionalist apologist like the type of Christian apologist who says, if the Bible says it, not only is it true, but if it's not in the Bible, like, there's oh, a real... yes, 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 I remember this It's person. totally false. Uh-huh. Everything we know comes from the Bible because it's true. How do we know it's true? Because the Bible says it's true. That sort uh-huh. of thinking. Yeah. Um, last week, he said he's just shutting down his ministry out of nowhere, and he said he had committed some sort of moral failure. Uh-oh. And then he just said nothing else. And it's like, dude, what did you do? Because that's a very vague thing to say. Um, are we talking about uh-huh. something illegal? Are we talking like a child? Are we talking about another man? What's the deal? And his uh-huh. church, like someone had reported that it involved a woman at his church. And then the elders at Brogan Kate's church are like, it's not a woman in our church. So like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Well, this week, the two of the pastors at Faith Presbyterian Church in Ontario, which is like the pastors who are now overseeing this guy, they released a short statement this week. I'm going to read you the the relevant portion of it because this is all it okay. said. Following admissions by Saiten Bruggenkate of fornication with a vulnerable woman and following, yeah, and following a formal complaint with evidence by the woman concerning the particular admissions given by Sai, the, the session has begun a full and thorough investigation, blah, 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 oh, blah, blah. No. I cannot... That that still leaves so many unanswered questions for me. Like, okay, yeah. you slept with someone. I don't know if that was not consensual. I can't really tell. I can't tell yeah, what her situation is, is or his. Yeah, vulnerable is a pretty vague term, right? Like, yeah, it could mean like she's just emotionally so is- delicate, or she like straight up couldn't say no like that's yeah that's not a good and start fornication is also vague because it doesn't necessarily mean it was consensual or not and i can't right. tell from that statement how they want like they gave the most clinical way of saying that that actually leaves more questions than not um but i guess it's it doesn't seem like it's a crime i'll add one more wrinkle to this um, a reporter okay. named Jackson Elliott contacted those elders at the church, and they told him that he, admi- he they said he admitted to doing this, right? That okay. admission came only, quote, after someone threatened to make Bruggenkate's sin public. Hmm. Someone was going to out him, and he's like, nope, I'm going to post something now and out myself. And we are, uh, according to the reporter, 
We're not talking about the vulnerable woman. She's not the one who was going to out him. Someone else was uh-huh. going to do it. There's another person in this story who we don't know who it is, whether okay. it's connected to this woman. I don't know. I mean, I have so many more questions and none of them are going to be answered. Yeah. Do you think we'll ever find out the whole story? Or do you think it's just one of those lost to time kind of things? I, you know what? I don't think he's famous enough to warrant mm. that we're going to get the whole story at some point. Sure. I that wish we could. I also, like, in other situations, I'd say, you know what? Nobody else's business. He did something wrong. He's dealing with it. Whoever is involved in the story needs to be involved in the story and not right. the rest of us. But because he's a public figure, because he's the sort of person who says, follow my religion, otherwise you have no morality. Right. Like, I do want to know more details. I don't... I. And I don't know if the church's investigation, which they say they're conducting, one, I don't know how legit it's going to be, but also I don't know that they're going to make it public, which is mm. also troubling because when a church says we're doing the investigation, that's like the Catholic Church saying, no, don't worry, we're looking into this allegation. You can't trust them. Yeah. They haven't earned that trust. Yeah. There's a reason that we def- shouldn't probably allow churches to like literally police themselves. It's because maybe they're you know, going to cover their own ass instead of help people. Unclear. Yeah. I got one more fun one for you, and then we can go on to some more uh, heavy ones. This just Great. came out today, and I was super excited by it. Two researchers just published a study. Samuel Perry and Andrew Whitehead are two sociologists. They just published a paper. I'm going to give you the real title of it, and you tell me what it means. Its title is Linking Evangelical Subculture and phallically insecure masculinity using Google searches for male enhancement. This is the best day of my <laughs> life. Well, so what, does what that you're mean? telling me is that they figured out whether or not evangelical men are especially insecure about the size of their penis because those people tend to search or click on penis enhancement enlargement links. And close. Yeah. That's pretty close. You tell me. Here's, here's what they actually did. They said, look, if we did a survey and we said, you know, are you looking for a bigger penis? We're pretty sure people would lie to us. So we can't just rely on a survey. Right. But we figure people are not going to lie in terms of what they search for on Google. So let's use that as a proxy here. Y'all, incognito (laughs) mode, get on it. So what they did (laughs) is they, they looked at two numbers. They said there is one set of da- there's some data that uh-huh. shows how many evangelicals exist in every state per 1000 people alabama for example has about 420 evangelicals per 1000 people according okay. to to some data uh, other states vary obviously so they use that number to say how evangelical is your state You know what I mean? Yes. Then they said, what about Google Trends, which is a figure of what people are searching for at any given time. If it's 100, Mm -hmm. like it's super popular. It's as popular as it's ever going to get versus 50, which is 50% as popular. I hope I'm getting that right. And then they said, all right, well, let's link up what people are searching for in terms of male enhancement, penis pump, extends, which Mm -hmm. is the drug you can supposedly get to do this stuff. Oh, you can and get they said, at gas stations. Don't worry. Oh, really? Okay. And so <laughs> they looked up 
what's the connection between the states that have more evangelicals uh, in preponderance uh-huh. versus the number of these Google search results? And what they found is, yep, it's going up. Like the more evangelicals in your state, the more likely you are to search for this terminology. Um, I'll get into the limitations in a second, but here's what they wrote. Um, (sighs) Scholars argue this effort. Oh, I'm sorry. I should explain this a little bit. They basically say that, look, we know you, when you look at the data, you, we don't know who's searching for this stuff on Google. Sure. It, it could be these guys' wives. It could mm. be other people. But we're saying in the states where there are a ton of evangelicals, this is what they're searching for more than others. Um, so they're like, we're not uh. saying we know evangelicals are searching for this stuff. But certainly when you have a lot of Christian evangelicals in a state, it affects the culture. And also, like, a lot of these evangelical churches do a lot to promote, like, men's retreats. And if you've ever seen ads for yeah. this, and my God, go look it up. It's like, it, like Sunday, 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 come watch the monster trucks and a <laughs> wrestling match. Get your guns, and we're going to bond as men. And it's like, these are yeah. church retreats where they hype up this traditional notion of masculinity. And so if that's Mm -hmm. what you're raised in, you're going to have a lot of guys who are like, Oh no, I have to be a better man. So I need a bigger dick. Right. So they're basically Christians don't understand metaphors. (laughs) (laughs) And so they're basically saying at minimum, um, a higher prevalence of searches for male enhancement terms, dot, 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 mean men in that region not only feel that having a larger penis is important, but that their penis does not measure measure up. This is perhaps the very mm-hmm. archetype of masculine insecurity. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they they are freely admitting we are we don't know for sure who's looking up this stuff or why they're looking up this mm-hmm. stuff. We're just saying there's a connection, but they also found a pattern and yeah. We, yeah, we found a pattern and also the headlines are hilarious. And they <laughs> they say in the discussion aspect, uh the discussion part of their paper, they point out one possible consequence of this kind of thinking. It creates a subculture in which men not only elevate embodied measures of masculinity, but in which many men feel they are inadequate compared to the standard is a subculture that may indirectly encourage abuse because, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to be a man and you that might mean ignoring women and ignoring their uh, wishes and the things they uh, rightfully complain about. So they're saying, look, this. Yeah. I mean, this is just the definition of toxic masculinity. If we wanted a dictionary mm. definition of it, this is what we're looking at. Uh, and so the problem is when you tell men that being quote-unquote manly is the end-all be-all, right? Like, this is your your platonic ideal of who you are <laughs> is to be this, like, ultra-manly man. And part of that, apparently, is having a big schlong. And if they don't have that, many people are going to, A, feel inadequate, and B, look for their uh, masculinity to be affirmed in other ways. And unfortunately, that often means exerting control over the women or children in their life. And that's how we get from, that's how you get from my dick isn't big to I hit my wife. It's because they are told that the only way to be a man is to be ultra masculine. And if you don't have like a dick to wield around, 
you're going to try to <laughs> obtain your masculinity in other ways. And that may be verbally or physically abusing people. It may be harassing women on the street. It's just, it, it, toxic masculinity is a hell of a drug. And I am not the first person to say this. I'm not taking credit. But if you're looking for big dicks, you're going to find a ton of them in churches. Do you want to talk about Clay Higgins? Who's Clay Higgins? Clay Higgins is the Louisiana congressman who gave a speech this week on the House floor about gun control. That is correct. He is against guns. Uh, Just so you all know, the Democratic-controlled House passed a bill this week basically calling for extended background checks for gun sales. It's like the bare minimum you could do to make sure guns don't get in the wrong hands. Mm -hmm. And in the past, under Trump, Democrats passed, like, the same bill, but Mitch McConnell wouldn't allow senators to vote on it. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe it'll get a vote, but maybe Republicans will filibuster it. We don't know. But it did pass the House. Before Mm -hmm. it passed... A Republican from Louisiana, Clay Higgins, got on the House floor and spoke out against it Mm -hmm. because he said, we don't need background checks for gun safety like this. And do you want to talk about what his reason was for why we don't need this bill? Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, so he... Essentially, he said that because there aren't like what gun checks in the Bible. There shouldn't be gun checks here. He said, quote, there's a higher authority than the law of man above the speaker's podium are the words in this great chamber and God we trust. Do we? So that's one good reason to get rid of that. (laughs) Do we recognize that the biblical record is replete with the violence of man? Shall we admit, shall my colleagues on the other side of the aisle admit that laws designed to restrict the second amendment, restrict second amendment rights and freedoms are but a veil to conceal the violence of man born since Adam, firstborn son of Adam, killed his brother in a violent rage. I'm rather certain he did not use a firearm. The Second Amendment protections that we have as American citizens shall not be infringed. Remember those words that they are born of a nation that recognized our service to our Lord. So Cain killed so, Abel in a violent rage. I believe he stoned him. And uh-huh. therefore, I mean, I think the point he's trying to make is that we've always been violent Um, So if you're trying to do gun safety measures to stop violence, it ain't going to happen because the Bible says we are a violent people. You can't hide the violence. Yeah, I mean, but if I was given my druthers, if somebody was really mad at me, I would rather them punch me in the face than shoot me in the face. But that's me. Like, I'm a crazy person. I'm just so kooky. Someone has been someone has said many. I mean, people have said before, like, you know, you could also kill people with a knife. First of all, you mm-hmm. can't kill, like, hundreds of people with one knife unless you're a, I don't know, good ninja, I guess. Wow. But, again, it. the idea that we're a, a violent people, therefore you shouldn't take any safety precautions is, to me, just broken brain Republican thinking. Like, you could argue humans are risk takers. Why wear a seatbelt? Why make cars right. make you wear a seatbelt? Why have helmets? I mean, well, it's, it's such just, a, who cares? It's such a specious argument anyway, says? because they <laughs> know. Because when it, the problem with the Republicans is that when it comes to guns and stuff like that, it's very much like no matter how many laws you pass, you can't stop people from being violent. But anything that's like, you know, abortion Trying rights, they're like, well, we have to put a stop to that. 
It's, it's just like, well, wait, I thought, I thought no matter what, people are going to find a way to hurt each other. But ugh, it's just the worst. These people are the fucking pits. Like, at least he was outnumbered, which is nice. But leave it to this guy to say, look, the Bible has violence in it that proves we're violent. Therefore, you're not going to stop violence. Therefore, why are we here? That's his whole line of thinking. Well, and the thing it's, is, it, it's, I, I think it's a stupid argument. But, like, it's not a terrible argument if he just, like, made these straightforward Listen, people are violent. Nothing we legislate here is going to keep people from hurting each other. I don't agree with that, but at least that's a relatively like sound argument. But to bring the Bible into it needlessly is just so appropriate for these idiots. Couldn't we also argue Cain didn't kill his brother with a gun, therefore we shouldn't need guns either? Like, if I made that argument... On the house floor or something, they would, they would be very mad about it, I assume. Yeah, but if Abel had a gun, maybe Cain would never have slew, slew, Ah, slew, slew, the Bible, slew, what's the past tense of slew, would never have slewn him, slewn, boy, oh boy, um, yeah, no, this is stupid, they're idiots, I don't think we should ever (laughs) listen to them again about anything, is that... I'm fine with that. By the way, Clay, I like it. Clay Higgins once said any Muslim suspected of being radicalized should be killed. He also said he knew we were losing. He knows we're losing our freedoms and he knows this because his wife had a dream and she has the gift of premonition. Oh, no. Uh, He was also one of the. Yeah, he was also one of only five members of the House to reject a resolution committing to a peaceful transfer of power after the 2020 election. Um, he's oh, been reelected. Cool and regular and yeah. sane and stable. Heavily Jesus, red district. He won by a landslide in the last election. But you know what? Like, this is these are the reasons that elections matter and that we need to be invested in them because, like. You know, a couple of years ago, when the House, when when the Republicans had the House, we would have had to listen to this guy and ever, like, all the Republicans would have been like, oh, ho, 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 that's a very good point, sir. I agree with him. And, like, they would have voted it down because of this really salient Bible point. So yeah. elections matter. We should try to keep the House in 2022. How about that? <laughs> should try. Maybe. It won't happen. But we'll Shut see. the fuck up, Hammond. We don't need this right now. It's sunny. They're going to redistrict it. We just need a little it. tiny optimism. They, Democrats have like another year to get shit done if whatever mm-hmm. they can do. Um, let's, you'll enjoy this as well. There is a church in Tennessee, the West Sparta Church of Christ. And mm-hmm. I guess they had a member they were not happy with. So they sent her a physical letter, um, which is okay. always a dumb idea in the age of social media. But what they said is, we fear that you are no longer convinced in the need to assemble with the church for which Christ died. They said that because she stopped attending church for a few weeks, which we're in the middle of a pandemic. Why would you be going to church in person anyway? But they were like, why aren't you here? Do you not think you need us? And then they went on. I'm going to read you this paragraph. This failure to assemble is not the only problem that you must address. We have been informed and understand that you have a living arrangement that is not biblical and must be terminated immediately. 
I don't know what that means. Is she living with a same-sex partner? A, like, a guy she's not married to? I don't know. Wait, but do we she's know? she's doing... We don't. I don't know who this lady is. Oh. Um, I haven't been able to figure that out yet. I've tried. Um, but she's apparently living with someone, and then someone snitched on her. And <laughs> what... The- motherfuckers it's like prison in churches (laughs) (laughs) and they said at the end if these issues are not corrected and public repentance made by uh, february 21st which is when this letter this letter was posted on facebook the next day i think um if you don't do this we will withdraw fellowship which is a weird threat to make against someone who clearly doesn't give a shit about you yeah that's what i it's like saying, oh, it's either your partner or us. Well, I'm picking my partner. I don't even like you guys. Like, take the fucking hint. <laughs> like, that's not how any of yeah. this works. Oh, I, Jesus. I don't get the threat. And then I'm the church. I'm of curiosity uh, to know who this is. I am. I am, too. Um, a couple of weeks ago, like, the day or two after this image of someone holding the letter went viral the church tried to respond on facebook and then they deleted it quickly Uh Um, but one of the things they said is we are deeply saddened that something that was supposed to be a private matter has become subject to public confusion um but here's their justification for for what they wrote snitches get stitches (laughs) (laughs) they basically said this is their justification for the letter when you love someone sometimes that means doing the right thing no matter how harsh or extremely difficult it may seem for example if you have a loved one that is heading down headed down a path dangerous to their own health you would do anything to help them even if that meant cutting them off financially personally emotionally etc like that's abuse at some point they're like they (laughs) Telling them we're going to cut you off financially. Why? What did she do wrong? Well, she stopped coming to church in the middle of a pandemic. She's apparently... I I don't even know her financial situation. Maybe she's living with a guy because she can't afford to live on her own. We don't know. Um, But their response is, yep, we're going to cut you off. And if you suffer, (laughs) well... We've talked about Jehovah's Witnesses who disfellowship people. Like, they're, they're serious. Their method to deal with Jehovah's Witnesses who say, I don't believe in this anymore, and who have publicly said, mm-hmm. I'm leaving the church. Their response is, well, anyone in your family is going to cut you off for good. And we hope that yeah. that isolation, because they're not allowed to even talk to you anymore, we hope that mm-hmm. that pressures you into coming back. And like as many ex-Jehovah's Witnesses will tell you, like, it's a form of whatever mental cruelty, mental abuse to do that to someone. Like, I have a child. My my mom, the child's grandmother, like, can't see the child anymore. And the grandmother's thinking is, well, the church told me I'm not allowed to. What do you want me to do? But it's also, like, just, ugh. It's a really common thing. Uh, Usually we see it more regularly in, like, full-on cults um but yeah isolation uh, isolating people from those they love is a super common way to to emotionally manipulate people and abuse them because if they think that leaving this church or this cult or this group or this house if they think that means they will lose everything then they will put up with your garbage as long as they need to it's really 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 fucked and now i'm very curious to see how common this is you know like do Uh, a lot of people get these weird letters yeah it seems like it is pretty common because this is not the first time i've written about a church sending a crazy ass letter like this to somebody 
Um, it happens right. a lot in certain denominations too, especially when they're like super conservative and they really do control uh-huh. your life. So yeah, they send right. letters like this and the church has currently, they've, they've taken down their social media. Basically they don't want people mm. contacting them. Their Yelp reviews suck mm-hmm. <laughs> as of this writing, <laughs> but uh, nobody's above bad Yelp reviews, even I God. <laughs> At some point I feel like, I, I'm still trying to figure out who this woman is. I want to talk to her. I want to see what the yeah. deal is. I want to see if she left the church. I hope she wasn't swayed by the letter. And the only reason it became social media fodder is because she's like, you've got to be kidding me. This I hope that does the feel story. like it would, it's the beginning of like a cool 2020 episode where it's like <laughs> she was kicked out of church for being a single mom. And now she's, I don't know, a business lady or whatever. However, we just define sec, <laughs> uh, success anyway. Um, can I talk about a thing? Wait, before you do it, I'm going to give a shout out to our sponsor. Um, Our sponsor is Stardust Science, which was founded by 15-year-old activist and author Bailey Harris. When Bailey was younger, she was watching Cosmos on TV, and Neil deGrasse Tyson said, uh, talked about how everything in the universe, the planets, the stars, the galaxies, even us, we all come from the same star stuff. And that concept was so exciting to her that she wanted to share it with her friends. And so she ended up writing a book called My Name is Stardust. And a special edition of the book is now out. It has a foreword by Richard Dawkins. It has beautiful artwork. It talks about evolution and science and the universe. And it looks amazing. If you go to stardustscience.com, use the code FRIENDLYATHEIST, one word, for 10% off. And uh, we'll have a link in the show notes as well. So thank you to Stardust Science for sponsoring this episode. Which, what do you want to talk about? I would like to talk about um, Arizona. I like to hop over to Arizona when they're doing something especially egregious. Um, So we have seen a slew in the year of our Lord 2021 of governors just being literal idiots. Um. And this time around, we have a whole House of Representatives that are being absurd. So um, HB 2648 um, is a piece of legislation that uh, Phoenix Republicans, obviously, are trying to get through that would say that religious services are immune from future shutdowns. So if a COVID or COVID-like disease ever happens again, that we have to self-isolate, shut down public works, things like that. These fine folks in Arizona want to make sure that churches are exempt from that because everybody knows COVID can't spread in a church because of holy water, question mark? Yeah, there's there's actually several states doing something like this, and the justification the Republicans are saying is, look, if you want to shut down everything and treat us the same way, that's okay. But if you're not going to, like, we deserve to be treated the way the state treats grocery stores. If you're going to keep them open, then you got to keep us open because we're an essential service. Right. Of course, they miss the obvious differences, which is we literally physically need Grew groceries, food, yeah. water. When you go to a grocery store, 
they can force you to wear a mask, first of all. They mm-hmm. can also make sure you're not going there to hang out with your friends. You're going there to get what you need, not right. talk to anybody, leave quickly. Whereas churches, you are singing, you are standing next to people, you are literally like worshiping as a group. There's a mm-hmm. substantive difference. And what this bill and others like it are saying are that, nope, we're not different from anything else. We can't tell the difference. So you got to treat us no differently. Well, and that's and, only part of the problem. Right. Well, and they use this sort of tactic of like, oh, well, liquor stores are open and dispensaries are open, but but God is canceled or whatever. And, and I, I think it's important to delineate. It's not that dispensaries are absolutely essential to people living or liquor stores or whatever. But when you go to a dispenser, when you go to a liquor store, when you go to a grocery store, your goal is to get in and out as quickly as possible, buy the things you need and get back to your house. The point of a church is literally to stay there for at least an hour. That's right. That's the thing. It's not that God is less important than weed or whatever, although I would make that argument for sure. (laughs) We've talked about this before because even those liquor stores and dispensaries for people who either have alcohol dependency or something like that, which as a medical condition, depriving them of being able to go there will create a lot of other medical issues, which is what states want to avoid. Um, So there's actually like a actually complicated reason those liquor stores are open in some part, in some states and some cities. But again, this sort of nuance, none of these Republicans seem to care about that. They just want to find a way to keep churches open during the next pandemic as if If you allow anything to be open, you got to allow churches to be open. But this bill in Arizona is particularly awful. And it's not the only one because the way it's worded, the state couldn't go after churches or any religious institution for like anything. You can't fine them. You can't punish churches for doing anything wrong. The way it's worded, if a church was guilty Mm -hmm. of like child abuse within its walls, the state couldn't go after them either. And the Republicans are like, that's totally not what we meant. Doesn't matter. It's what the bill says. And there are uh, Democrats in Arizona who are pointing that out. Uh, One of them, who's an awesome progressive uh, who I really like, Melody Hernandez, said, there is currently a long-term worldwide scandal about sexual abuse of children in religious organizations, and this has resulted in many fines, fees, penalties, and criminal sanctions, dot, dot, dot. I am incredibly concerned that this bill's prohibition would deny children victims any recompense for their abuse, which is, that's what it could do. And mm-hmm. so unless... I don't know if this bill is going to pass. I don't know that it would survive a legal challenge, but uh, it's scary to think that these Republicans have learned absolutely nothing from a year of the pandemic. And, yeah. and purpose. I don't know whether they are willfully ignorant about the difference between a grocery store and a church, but they're acting like it. Yeah. And, and that's why I brought up the liquor store thing, because I, I think to some extent they're, their grievances while I don't agree with them I understand why they are upset that liquor stores can be open but their church can't like I get it but all it takes is like one minute of thoughtful exploration of the topic and you can see the difference like it's not it's squeeze it into your searches for a bigger penis and you will figure it out (laughs) oh it's so upsetting Uh, Let's um, talk about Beth Moore. 
she Who's yeah, she is a Bible teacher. She's super popular. If you're a progressive Christian, if you're a Christian woman, you've probably you're probably very familiar with her. Um, sold millions of books, leads a pretty large ministry, and she's also been one of the people within the Southern Baptist movement who has spent the past four years pretty vocally calling out the bigotry of Donald Trump. Um, at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Piper, I believe, like super conservative minister, he even said of her, go home. That was like the whole tweet. <laughs> Something Jesus like Christ. that. Like, again, loud vocal, like a vocal woman within the Southern Baptist dares to speak out against Trumpism and it drives these men crazy. Mm-hmm. And so this we I mean, it, people have been asking her for years, like, why the hell are you still a Southern Baptist? Like, given all their issues. And she always said she believes in the SBC, Southern Baptist Convention. She believes Mm -hmm. in the mission work. She even doesn't have a problem with their legit stance on women not leading churches because the Bible says so. Because she's like, well, I don't run a church. I don't, like, I'm not running. I'm not speaking from the pulpit. I'm Mm -hmm. just teaching the Bible from my ministry. And that's, a to her, distinction with a difference. Sure. Um, But anyway... This week, she announced that she was leaving the Southern Baptist Convention. Mm-hmm. Like, still a Christian, still right. doing the stuff she does, but she cannot... She said, I can no longer identify with Southern Baptists. And that she's been working for years. Like, when she publishes her books, she does it through the Southern Baptist-owned Lifeway Christian books. Lifeway oh, Christian uh-huh. uh a publishing company, she, they're not going to publish her books anymore. Like that's already made too. So it's, it's not just words like this mm-hmm. affects her personally. But one of the reasons she said she's leaving isn't just the Trump stuff and the backlash. It's cause the SBC is kind of like the home to racist Christians. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of high profile black pastors have left the denomination too. this. If you're looking, yeah. if you're uh I haven't crunched any numbers on this, but I would guess if you have a list of all the people uh, charged with the January 6th Capitol riots, you're going to find a bunch of Southern Baptists in there, too. And she's been frustrated by the racism in the SBC as well. And again, some of the leaders of the SBC are like, no, no, we want to do better. We are doing better with racism. And it's like that. That's words. I see your actions. Mm there's debates about like critical race theory, like stuff you hear on Tucker Carlson that are embroiling the church. It's like, listen, if you guys can't handle like adults, this racism thing, what are you doing there? And okay. So I was, I was thinking about this. If Beth Moore is walking away from Southern Baptist, what does that mean? Because I think a lot mm-hmm. of atheists are like, who the hell cares? It's it's one prominent woman leaving the church. Who cares? I yeah. think that's almost the equivalent of who is like a popular Catholic in the public eye. Not like the Joe Pope, Biden. but I'm saying maybe Joe Biden. If Joe Biden, who is openly Catholic and generally mm-hmm. well-liked by the mm-hmm. American public, said... I I can no longer be Catholic because I'm disturbed by what the church does. I'm still Mm -hmm. religious. I still believe in God. That would be pretty damn big of a deal. Or at least he's the president. That's a bigger deal. But like if Stephen Colbert, just a popular talk show host who openly talks about how he's a proud Catholic, despite Mm -hmm. making fun of the church all the time. Mm -hmm. um, If he walked away, it would be like, 
you just lost one of the best <laughs> best spokespeople you had right. going for you. Right. And that's what, to me, that's what I think this is equivalent to. Having someone who actually made Southern Baptists look better than they really are saying, you know mm-hmm. what, I'm done carrying your water for you. I'm leaving. <laughs> like, this is good for her. It is bad for the Southern Baptist because she was one of the people they could point to to say, no, you should totally be a Southern Baptist. Look, she's one of us. Yeah. And I'm, she doesn't like us. What do you think this says about the the future of the Southern Baptist group? Because I, like my guess would be that it's going to be not unlike the GOP, that it's just going to galvanize yeah. those who are left and make them more like l- less inclined to change or be accepting of anybody who isn't them. Would you yeah, say that's it makes them more it makes them more homogenous like mm-hmm. the the stereotype of southern baptists is like white dudes who vote republican mm-hmm. think the same way about all these issues and say the n word in private right exactly and they've done a lot like the leadership of the southern baptists have i mean i've seen them in in articles over and over saying we are trying to fix that. We are aware of the problem. We are making, we are taking these steps to try to change that. But when you lose black pastors repeatedly because you're too racist, when you lose Beth Moore because you guys are too racist right. and because of all this, and like when you're losing the people who actually help you defy the stereotypes, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a good look. Mm-hmm. It's not that, I'm even saying the the president of the SBC right now is is not trying to make a change for the better. Right. But if you can't even keep these people in your fold, you're clearly not doing a good enough job. So you're you're right. I think it's a fair comparison to like the GOP. They exist. Maybe like Mitt Romney is your voice of reason, I right. guess, even though right. he's not. But if you lose someone like that, what are you left with? You're left with a base that no one else wants to be a part of. And that's bad for your long-term prospects. Well, and it's necessarily going to like continue to shrink who your party is. And because people have a habit of dying and retiring, where are you getting your new people from? Like Tucker yeah. Carlson can only like influence so many 20-year-old white guys to go like be <laughs> assholes. There's a finite number of them. Yes, there are. Uh, did you know creationism is back in the news? Like literal, actual, let's teach creationism in the classroom. I thought we decided we weren't going to do that anymore because it's stupid. We did. The Supreme Court says you literally okay. cannot teach creationism. But Mary Bentley, a Republican state representative in Arkansas, has filed a bill. I'm going to read you the entire substantive part of the bill. Uh, she wants to, to revise the state code to say the following. A teacher of a kindergarten through grade 12 science class at a public school or open enrollment public charter school may mm-hmm. teach creationism as a theory of how the earth came to exist. That's the whole bill. Like, that's pretty much it. Well. It's it's not mandating it. It's saying they can. You can teach creationism in science class if my bill passes. That's her bill. That's what she's doing with her time. 
I don't even know what to say about this shit anymore. And for some reason, the thing that makes me the most angry is that they don't know what the word theory means in scientific <laughs> parlance. I think yeah. maybe genuinely that is the thing that is going to send me to an early grave is people using theory as if it means whatever the fuck they want it to mean. <laughs> um, like, so- it is it is a theory. It's a stupid theory. It's a discredited theory. She didn't include those words. I should say uh, Bentley tried doing this in 2017. At the time, mm-hmm. she said, let's teach creationism and intelligence design um, oh as if those bill, are different things yeah um that bill went nowhere even mm. in arkansas um but this bill doesn't even i think she's trying to get around whatever failed last time by saying just teach i'm saying it's okay teach to teach creationism if you want to right um she is a graduate of harding college which is a church of christ affiliated school like super uh fundamentally type of college uh-huh She's a friend of Jason Rapert, the Arkansas state senator, who, surprisingly to me, was not a co-sponsor of this bill. Really? uh, In the Senate. Someone else's. But uh, I don't know that it'll get anywhere. But again, the fact that this literally happened uh, either today or yesterday, that someone in power in politics said, I'm going to file a bill to teach creationism as at a time when we still can't even get back into school because right. it's unsafe. This is her priority. The lack of, yeah, the lack of priorities of these people is truly one of the wildest things I've ever seen. I'm just, oh my God. Like, I, I feel like that's how also how I'm feeling about all these like anti-trans bills that are going on in every single mm. state. Like, aren't you guys busy? Like, don't you have <laughs> shit to do? Because I haven't left my house in a fucking year. So I'm hoping y'all are doing something about that and making sure people can still, you know, eat every day. Like asshole. Like, aren't, don't y'all have shit to be worried I, about? That isn't dumb. This is here's the problem because Democrats are competent at governing, at least in the like bare minimum sense. And they passed this big bill uh, uh-huh. in Congress. They literally if you watch Fox News, they have nothing to complain about when it comes to Biden. And also Biden's a white guy. Like, yeah. it's not easy to go after him. And so they got to find stupid shit. So obs- what is the past week? It's been potato heads penis. It's been <laughs> like protect the Chinese caricature in the Dr. Seuss book no one's ever read. Oh my god. That's that's all they've got. So well, yeah, it, no, you attacking know trans people is You know it's the big thing that Fox is obsessing with right now is uh hmm. that Biden hasn't done a press conference since he's been uh-huh. president. Which I think is I I was talking to somebody about this and I wish I remember who it was um or if they were a real person or just a random on the internet who I don't know personally, but um they made a point that it seems that the Fox News set was so used to how Trump did things, which was unless he was standing on a stage telling you what he was doing, you assumed he was doing fuck all because he wasn't. <laughs> he was sitting at, at the at the Resolute desk drinking Diet Coke with his right, Diet right. Coke button. No, he's now making phone a, calls. He's busy all day. Sure. <laughs> he's writing in Sharpie on blank pieces of printer paper like a toddler. Yeah. Or um, weather maps. Right, exactly. But... Joe Biden is working every day and press conferences are not something you just like show up to do. Like there's prep work that goes into it and he has other shit to be doing right now. Like, you know, passing this bill that's going to put $1,400 in our pockets soon. So anyway, it's, I'm, 
loving the floundering that we're seeing and Fox News. Apparently, last night during Biden's speech, there was like a picture in picture of Tucker Car- Tucker Carlson yes. reacting, which I thought live was reaction fake. while I, Biden is talking. I genuinely thought it was an Onion article at first. Which is- which is also weird because even if you're Fox News, like put Sean Hannity there, I don't understand. Tucker has one face. It's the look of yeah. like divide a number it's by pitched. zero and it's that face and it doesn't change. And I'm also Why trying to looking? hold in a fart. <laughs> yeah, like there's no other reaction. <laughs> That's the running yeah. joke about him during his regular show. Why would you just put it there and say, look, here's his live reaction. There's no reaction. It's just the look. Oh, my God. But I, look, I, I fine. Joe Biden should do a press conference, but they're only saying that so they have something to complain about. And once he right. does it, they'll find something else to just pick on. Like, they don't care about the well, press the conference. G- they don't have a question no. that they're not getting an answer for. The GOP completely exists to be an opposition party. They have no stances besides undo what Democrats do or stop Democrats from doing whatever, which is why the last four years were so cuckoo bananas crazy, because like the people who are supposed to be the ones who are intellectually dishonestly disagreeing with everything are doing the exact opposite. And every garbage thing Trump said, they're like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. That's what I would have said, too. Definitely. For sure. That was a regular sentence that adults could say. Um, and, and now it, they're just completely back on their grind, right? They're back on anything the, the left does. They're going to vilify and demonize and their fucking audience eats it up. Unfortunately, they accidentally killed a lot of them during this coronavirus. So I'm not sure what their numbers are going to look like in the future, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. They're just the, the living worst is the problem with them. They're just the worst people on the planet. The Did worst. you know heaven is is a place where everyone a works? Place called Earth. Wait, yes, what? heaven. <gasps> no. You're gonna work no. in heaven. No, absolutely not. If heaven is, is real, I am not going to just get into another late stage capitalist office job. I'm not oh, going to do. I simply will not. Oh yes, you are. According Fuck to you, Pastor heaven. Robert Jeffress, which, by the way, who he's amusing because Lou Dobbs got fired from Fox Business. And now he has nowhere to appear because he was on Lou Dobbs like friggin every day. And now that his buddy has been fired, like Fox brings him on once a month. And he's he seems so grateful that anyone cares. I know. So he was on regular Fox News uh, this week. And Robert Jeffress. um, I'm sorry, I lied. He was on the Jim Baker show this week. And um, he said, I'm quoting here. We're going to work in heaven. We are also going to work in heaven. Now, that may sound more like hell to some people. Ha, ha, ha. You know, working <laughs> in heaven. But remember, God created us to be workers. Dot, mm-hmm. dot, dot. But in heaven, all of the things that drain the joy out of our work, bodies that grow tired, strained relationships, government regulations, all those things will be removed <laughs> and we're going to... We're going to enjoy work like God intended us to enjoy it. He really snuck in government regulations yes, under the he wire did. there, huh? Yes, he did. <laughs> Never he mind says, government regulations tend to exist to protect workers. But what the fuck is do correct. I know? So heaven, according to my understanding of what Jeffress says, is like a giant Amazon warehouse where they don't even let you take your pee break. Because <laughs> you don't have to pee. They solved that. But you that. won't have to. Yeah, they solved it. So yay, I guess. Like, I, 
don't really understand why heaven is more appealing knowing that. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it in theory. Like, I think there are people who are happiest when they're working. And I think that's completely fair. Like, I think if I could do anything, I would like want to own a working ranch and be like, I enjoy doing the physical and mental work of like working with horses and cattle and things like that. But without government regulations saying you can't abuse my horses. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah. But the problem is most of us have jobs that are not like intellectually and emotionally fulfilling in a way that we would choose to spend our days if we had no other options. Like, I think there are people who if they didn't if if. Uh, currency was abolished. I think there are definitely many, many people who would continue to work very frequently because it keeps them happy. They like what they do. They feel like they're contributing. But yeah, like you said, most people don't do that. Most people are factory workers or drivers or things that are not exactly fulfilling, which if you like it, God bless you, like go forth, do what you have to do. But most of us work because we have to work because we like to eat every day. Jeffress, by the way, also opposes, I believe, uh, a higher minimum wage. Um, oh, you don't fucking like, say. Call yeah. me shocked. I, I, I don't. It's this sort of like boner the right has for working is so dumb because it's it's just so obvious that there are more people. We don't need everybody to work to keep society functioning. And instead of saying everybody needs to contribute, we should say, what does society need to be its best possible self? And if that is everyone working, fine. If it's not everybody working, maybe we like it's just, oh, my God, just the the heart on the half for working is very annoying to me. Anyway, I am right there with you. I got one last one for you here, which is uh, an update on the Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. Uh, Now that that guy, even even now, uh, the ministries people, including his family members, his his wife, his kids, they kind of are admitting, yeah, okay, daddy was a serial sexual predator. Um, they announced this week they're going to rebrand to basically remove Ravi Zacharias from Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. Whoops. Um, they've said we are in the process of taking down Ravi's content from our website and social media, including publications, videos, other forms of content. And we intend to change the name of the organization effective immediately. We are also discontinuing the use of the Zacharias Institute brand. They also said we're going to basically change to a grant giving organization. So instead of doing the stuff he did, like Uh spreading Christian apologetics, they'll give money to groups that are doing good work. And that includes work that involves dealing with sexual abuse, Um, which. All right. Fine. Um, and I think, okay, a couple thoughts about this. One okay. is, that's good. They should change, like, his name is toxic. Mm-hmm. They're recognizing that. That's what they should do. Um, they should get rid of his stuff, because it, it's not, it's it's like watching a Bill Cosby show at this point. Like, right, right, it's cringy. Y- you can't do that in good faith anymore. Um, and even the right. work, if it's associated with him, that's not good. So they're getting rid of that. Again, this is a multi, multi million dollar a year ministry. They take in a lot of money. They could shut down uh-huh. and close those money spigots altogether. And again, I'm debating should they have just done that? And I think yeah, their how argument many is. are depending on it for work, though. 
a lot of them have left. I don't know how many more people oh. are leave. I mean, again, should you keep a ministry like that running for the sake of the good people who were working there because they believed in the mission? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but also, you don't need multi-multi-million dollars a year to keep it going. I think the problem with a ministry like this is you have a lot of old people that just made a habit of giving to the ministry. Oh, sure. And so just by rebranding, you get to keep those checks rolling in mm-hmm. um, to the place. And you can keep on some staff, I guess. And you can end up just changing the nature of what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the debate I'm having in my head is should they have just shut it down and told everybody look we're we we did some bad things we're just gonna end this and we will all have to find new work because whatever we were doing was not working yeah Um, they're not doing that they're gonna keep it going I don't think that would have been a bad idea at all I think with what they have they could have said okay we're doing severance packages and I'm sure a spinoff of the thing will will exist in some form you know people will start off a a new ministry that does the same thing, but without that sort of toxic name attached to it. I think that probably would have been the smarter thing to do, but I also don't know obviously anything about like their finances and things like that. And maybe that wouldn't be possible. I don't know. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it was a great idea for them to keep going. Do you, do you think, I mean, so I can't decide. (laughs) I don't have a firm opinion on this, uh, whether they should have shut down or keep going and just do better things under the ministry's name. So, I mean, they would have hmm. to rebrand for sure. I mean, it's just kind of like if one of us left this show, would we just keep doing it and keep calling it the Friendly Atheist podcast? Like, does is it even the thing if the guy whose name is attached to it? It's a very ship of Theseus paradox. Exactly. Exactly. God, that's the second time that's come up this week, Hammett. What the fuck? That's, that's really it's the weird. Only, it's the only connection I know. A philosophy just, paradox you know of? Yeah, exactly. So I must bring it up in every conversation to seem smart. That's how it works. Yeah, exactly. It's like oh, when you boy. know only also, one really thing, you have to shove this... it into every conversation. Oh, 100%. I'm really sorry if this podcast is going to come out like weird and stilted because this connection is fucking terrible today (laughs) (laughs) we'll be meeting in person soon enough i'm so excited um Um, (laughs) so i want to talk about switzerland and usually when we bring up switzerland it's generally pretty positive um in terms of just how their politics work um this one is kind of a bummer so um this past sunday um swiss voters approved proposition that bans facial coverings in public which is a the timing of this bill is quite wild considering we're all still wearing masks in public but anyway specifically it is being known slangly as a burqa ban because it's not about it's not about people with surgical masks on to protect themselves or protect others what they're quote unquote concerned about are women who wear burqas that cover their face in any way um this like so many things that deal with women and women's clothing, it's being like what women choose to put on their body is being politicized, um, which sucks. And and we can talk about whether or not burkas are quote unquote okay all you want. I have some feelings about it. Mine is basically like it is not it, it, the burka comes from a position of anti woman. 
because the idea is you have to cover yourself in public, otherwise men will leer at you or, or hurt you or harm you. But I'm also a big proponent of I, I'm not going to tell somebody they can or cannot wear something. Like, I, I don't think that's my place to do. However, in Switzerland, we have um, Marco Chiesa, C-H-I-E-S-A, Chiesa. They said... Um, that it is a strong symbol, this banning of burqas is a strong symbol in the fight against radical political Islam. Quote, the burqa creates a barrier between the person wearing it and the environment and thus prevents integration into society. So on the internet, we would call this concern trolling, that we are going to be critical and anti-you, but pretend we're doing it for your own good. See also, fat shaming. Um, I'm just worried because you're overweight and I think you're going to have a heart attack. That's all I know about health, so I'm going to yell at you about it. What it really is is I hate fat people and want you to feel bad about yourself all the time. Anyway, um, so obviously... Local Islamic people are not uh, are not thrilled about it. The Islamic Central Council of Switzerland said that they were uh, called the results Islamophobic. Quote, today's decision is tearing open old, old wounds, expanding the principle of legal inequity, inequality, excuse me, and sending a clear signal of exclusion to the Muslim minority. Um, yeah. And oh, and you know, it's the kind of amazing cap off this is. There are in Switzerland, there are 8.6 million Muslims and researchers have found at most a few dozen women in Switzerland are wearing burqas. A few they passed this whole bill because a few dozen women choose to cover their face and body in public. And Switzerland was like this far, no further. Like it's it's truly the wildest misuse of time and energy I have heard in quite some time. Maybe since you told me about that creationism <laughs> bill. I, I'm right there with you. I, this affects virtually nobody. It, like you right. said, consult, concern trolling. I have personal issues with the burqa because most, I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of the women who have to, who have to wear it, who end up wearing it, uh, really don't have a choice in the matter. But also I have a bigger problem with politicians telling women what they can and cannot wear, especially when it's like a Mm -hmm. face covering at a time when everyone else is already wearing masks. Like this doesn't actually keep anyone safe. This isn't about women's Mm -hmm. rights. This isn't about protecting women. This is just a way to stick it to like Muslims in a way that they think they can get popular support behind. And unfortunately it worked. Yeah. Um, the, Islam is a really good uh, scapegoat for whatever the fuck they're dealing with. So uh, I am genuinely very disappointed in that happening. I don't know. Maybe I'm naive that I think Switzerland is like the NLBL of civilization or whatever. They make good clocks and knives and stuff. Um, (laughs) So, excuse me. So anyway, that was a bummer. Um, Quickly, we don't, I don't know enough about it to dive too much into it, but um, the Equality Act is is just passed through the House, so that's very exciting for us. So um, that is good. It's not going to pass the Senate unless uh, the bisexual senator from Arizona decides to care about the issue, which she won't. Ooh, Kristen Cinema did a heel turn, the likes of which I have never seen. She went from being our like bisexual fuck. Pe- Pence hero to that fucking down thumbs down she did on the minimum wage hike. Yeah. Oh boy, that sucked. 
Yeah, Boy, she's not getting obsessed. better. She's the one that hasn't talked about it. Uh, Joe Manchin has at least like talked about his opposition, and he's, he seems to be open to some reform on the filibuster. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I mean, I think the key here, if you're a Democrat, is start trying to pass bills that you can't do with reconciliation. Right. Start passing some bills and make her look bad. Yeah. Because if it doesn't pass, you're going to have to start from scratch again, which right. you can do right now right. Um, if, with some modifications or something. But basically, let her be the bad guy mm-hmm. and make her pay a price for it. Yeah, I am not comfortable with how much power Cinema and Joe Manchin have uh, in the Senate. I'm not the only one, but whatever. And again, um, Manchin is probably the only Democrat you could find in West Virginia who could get elected. Mm-hmm. Kristen Cinema is not the only Democrat you could find in Arizona who could get yes, elected. So correct. she's not up for re-election for, I think, I don't think she's up in 2022. Um, no, because she just got sworn in in 2018, so she'll be Yeah, so she's got a couple more years. So... It's not but like you could so do many, much. And so many GOP senators are are not running for a new term. So I'm very, very, very interested to see what, if the Democrats can kind of scam some of those. Uh, scam wasn't the right word, but but grab some of those seats. Yeah. Um, or if they're going to be filled by like more Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greens, which is not not super great. Um. Yeah, also, yeah, we didn't talk about it, but there's a lot of anti-trans bills are happening right now. Yeah. Um, they're, they're genuinely too numerous to dive into, and it fucking sucks, and I hope that it's, we... It's the same deal. If you pass the Equality Act, it'll nullify a bunch of this stuff. If you pass mm-hmm. the Voting Rights Act, it'll nullify a lot of yeah. the Republicans trying to stop black people from yeah. voting. Um, but unless <sighs> there's more pressure put on the weird, moderate Democrats who don't want to do anything, or who think republicans are acting in good faith which i don't know how you could be in the middle of politics and still be that ignorant to think republicans are operating in good faith uh nothing's going to happen unless they realize the problem right in front of them i've heard people say look right now the because of the reconciliation behind this covid relief bill Mm -hmm. they just there's nothing you could point to where you could say republicans stop this from happening because of the filibuster and so unless you start doing that stuff, it's not going to happen. Right. There's also um, that Arkansas near total abortion ban, which I didn't bring up just because it's we I feel like we've done this story every week for the last mm-hmm. year. Basically, they're trying to ban all abortions in a way to get it up to the Supreme Court so they can take a chance at overturning Roe v. Wade with their conservative court. That's happening. We're aware of it. It's just we've we've talked about it way too much. Um, before, are you, do you have any more stories? I'm good. Yeah, that's it. Before we go, have you seen, uh, the miniseries, uh, docuseries Murder Among the Mormons? No, I haven't watched it yet. Okay. Well, good news. It's really fucking good. Better news. Um, I am friends with one of the directors. His name's Tyler Meesum. He, uh, he's actually been on this show before way, uh, like 2014, maybe 2013 even. Um, he, uh, is one of the directors of An Honest Liar, which is the James Randi documentary, which to this day is maybe my favorite documentary of all time. I just find it so endlessly compelling. Um, but he and, oh shit, what's his partner's name? Can't remember. Um, who's the guy who directed Napoleon Dynamite, which is incredible. Oh God, uh, They did this three part series, um, called Murder Among the Mormons. And it's the whole thing I think is like two hours and 45 Huh? 
Jared Hess, my husband, yelled at me from upstairs. <laughs> um, it. I, it's about two and a half, maybe two forty-five hours total. I would recommend watching it all in one sitting because they lay a lot of groundwork in the first episode, and then it just like fucking pays off. Um, and so, a watch that. B um, Tyler and I are trying to find a time to chat about it. So, if you have watched it and have any questions or comments or concerns, especially if you're um, um, LD, it's sorry. The whole thing is about bombings that happened in the '80s around in Utah surrounding the LDS Church. Um, and if you have any questions, concerns, thoughts that you'd like to uh, to convey to Tyler, especially if you have a background in the LDS Church, um, that would be very cool. Uh, you can email us at friendly at podcast at gmail and I think I'm going to be setting that up soon-ish. Also, I'm guesting on another podcast. We just said it. I'm going to wait until it's recorded before I talk about it, but um, a podcast more popular than ours has asked me to guest, so this is a big, fun deal for us. Um, I think that's all I had to say. Oh, you're lucky this went went long, because I almost had a really long monologue about how the dictionary uh, is bringing in supposedly instead of in addition to supposedly and how that's actually no a good thing in the way English language works. But I will spare you that. <laughs> and I'm working on a PowerPoint. We'll do it later. But okay. I think everybody should be dictionary uh, descriptivists instead of prescriptivists. Fight me. Um, <laughs> Hemet, where can we find you on the Internet? I am at uh, FriendlyAtheist.com. I am at Hemet on Twitter. Go to Patreon.com slash FriendlyAtheistPodcast to support the show. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Jess Blumke. We'll talk to you next week.